Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Today, diversity. And um, this, this word can be understood a lot of different ways. And in conversation, I, I hear and see uh, how how this can be a tough exchange. But really, uh, diversity is beautiful when it's looked at in the aspect of unity. Unity. Because truly, there is no diversity without unity. Uh, unity in the same value, uh, in the same... Uh, we could say, as Christians, we have unity based in the gospel. Um, the world has unity based in common interests, based in um, preferences, right? And, uh, but really, there's not unity there. It's just sameness. It's just, I am in this uh, journey with you, and we're, we have to work together. Therefore, we're going to uh, agree to disagree or tolerate one another's views. Is that unity? No, it's not unity. Unity is wholeness. It is completeness. It is the sacrifice of one's preference so that we can take hold of what is eternal, right? That's why unity in the body of Christ, God commands a blessing, right? Psalm 133. He commands a blessing. Why? Everyone is sacrificed and surrendered and focused on the greater aspect, which is Christ and Christ crucified. <clears throat> so the absolute gospel, we know it stands alone, doesn't it? You and I, when you and I walk through our, our daily life, um, my preference or my conclusion or even my disagreement does not change the gospel. Isn't that good? It doesn't change it. Romans 3.3. 3. But in diversity, <clears throat> there, and this is a beautiful word, and immediately I'm sure your mind goes to many things. And so, um, but I want to kind of preface this. Look at Acts 17.26. Is God diverse? He certainly is. I mean, look at the planet, right? There's cultural diversity, there's uh, ethnic diversity, there is um, all types. Everyone is different, right? Unique, right? So in 1726, it says, And he has made from one blood every nation of man to dwell on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundary of dwelling. Isn't that good? So... Every nation of man comes from one person, and that's Christ. Each one of us are in the line of Adam, yes, but we are uh, reflected as the expression of Christ in Genesis 1.27. We are made in the image of Christ. So when you're talking to a progressive, and they bring this word up, diversity, 10 times out of 10 times, it's probably much different than what you and I are seeing in the Bible. <clears throat> so let's look over to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
<clears throat> so unity, unity is not sameness. It's a uniqueness. It's a diversity or different. It's a mix of people that surrender their preference and they value something greater than themselves. <clears throat> In our world today, diversity is a mix of views supporting many types of thinking and values. Cultures and backgrounds are passionate about equality and inclusion. Another big word, inclusion. So if you and I disagree with a value system, we are now looked at as someone that is exclusive rather than inclusive. <clears throat> and we can think of many examples where our godly values, we are unified in Christ and the God of the Bible. Therefore, we exclude certain values that go against the values of Christ. They are anti-Christ values. So are we not diverse because we are saying no to anti-Christ values? <clears throat> no. <laughs> we have unity with the Bible. We have unity with Christ. And our expression is reflected based in this unity. So I would rather have unity than trying to gain diversity by compromise. That's kind of a loaded thought right there. So I want to win my brother, but I'm not going to compromise everything I believe in to win my brother so that we would have some sort of sameness on a secular foundation. I would rather have unity, rather have unity in God's blessing than to compromise because I'm trying to fit in to some ideology. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.19, so this is why the Bible, yes, diversity in people, group, nations, cultures, all kinds of things, but diversity in the Bible, we have to go deeper. We have to find where is the core aspect of unity, and that's the cross. It's the cross, right? Why are there so many denominations in the world? There's many reasons for that. Are they all right? Well, I don't know about that. I'm not saying I'm always right. or I'm saying the Bible, in its core essence of the cross and the scriptures, they prevail in unity, which is very diverse. Does that make sense? So I would rather have diversity through the cross than diversity outside the cross, which is not diversity at all. It's actually confusion. All right. I want to unpack this because this is kind of a loaded thought. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 19. How do we have unity? One way. That is that God was in Christ reconcil reconciling the world to himself. There it is. Without reconciling to Christ, there may be many views, but are they right? They may be culturally accepted. They may be affirmed as, as like a good way of thinking, but are they righteous? Are they something based in the cross? Are they based in Scripture? And I would say no. You might have diversity, but you certainly do not have unity. Unity is that wholeness, completeness, that exactness 
because we've sacrificed our own natural way of thinking and we've embraced the truth of the Bible. And yes, there are many different expressions. We're not robots here. But we all have one common denominator. It's the Bible. It's Christ at the center. And it's the truth of the cross. And it only happens through, uh, through being reconciled to God. So that, that's my message today. So if I don't have, like, because this can happen in our Christian life. There are many trials and tribulations that happen in our lives. And we can enter into circular Christianity, which means we go around in a circle. And we go around in a circle. And we go around in a circle again. And there's no growth. There's no change. There's no real breakthrough. Why is that? <clears throat> because I may be thinking in diversity rather than unity, which means I have to reconcile myself to God and say, Lord, you are right, I am wrong, and therefore I'm going to seek you for the answer for life. There's a very interesting verse here in Ecclesiastes 9.1. Listen to this verse, Ecclesiastes 9.1. For all this I have considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. What is, what is Solomon saying here? He is saying the righteous, the wise, their, their, their works and their expression may be very diverse, and that's why you're unique. We're not the same, thank God. That would be weird if we're all the same. Uh, that's cultic, right? <laughs> but we have uniqueness, right? But he's saying here, no man knoweth love or hate. As if to say he has, they have no idea outside of God what is right or wrong, what is true, what is untrue, what is love, and what is hatred. See, everyone is on a moral plane. They're seeking morality. They're seeking appeasement. They're seeking compromise. And this is why our Christian faith can be diluted and we can lose our authority because we're seeking diversity rather than being unified. Because when we're unified, there is diversity because now we're all talking the same from the same source, we're acting from the same source, and we are ministering from the same source. Right? This is why our church is a phenomena. Our church, many people say, multicultural, multinational. Like, how do you do it? It's because we have one common foundation. It's Christ. We lay aside our culture. We lay aside our nationality. We lay aside our preferences. We lay aside what we think is, you know, what I think should. No, we lay it all down at the cross, and we say we embrace the cross and say, Lord, I have unity here. Therefore, diversity is beautiful. I would be very scared of diversity without the cross. Why? Because it's temporal, and it's something that's not sustainable, and it's very confusing. Just look at our society today. They're out of their mind, right? And that's being kind. So unity is a sacrifice of oneself for the absolute value of others. Morality says we have to do it for the better and the good of the other. No, 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 no. It's the absolute value of that person. So I think of John and I say, John, I'm going to get, I'm going to relate to Christ and think about Christ and his values placed on your life. 
and I'm going to relate to that and have Christ be between us, and I'm going to value you based in Christ, right? Not in what, what I think you should have, right? Or what I think should happen. No, no. I'm going to surrender my natural conclusion and say, I want unity with God so I know how to treat John in care, kindness, and love. And that's why this kindness movement sounds great. But, it, but it's, <clears throat> this is going to maybe not sound good, but it's not rooted in the cross, a lot of it. It's, not, it's, it's rooted in, in universalism. <clears throat> and this is why we should not be surprised that not everyone is going to embrace the unity of Christ. <laughs> that's why our church doesn't have a million people in it, right? Otherwise, because uh, we're, you know, we are preaching the cross, and that is not a popular message. But that is the foolishness of the message of the cross is the power of God. So we're looking for the absolute value in others. That's why each person is worth more than the whole world. Our society treats whales better than the unborn child. So there, there's, a, there's a brokenness there, right? Oh, we got to have diversity. we got to please everybody. We have to appease everyone. Do you see Jesus doing that? Did you see Jesus, like, appeasing everyone? No. He was, he was loving, caring, but he was communicating a message that brought people to himself. Now, I'm not saying we have to be combative or abrasive. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying our message has one core, Jesus plus nothing. The truth of the Bible is, is inerrant. It is absolute. And it's going to become more and more of an issue that your language and my language and our truth is not going to be understood because secular society has redefined many terms. So this is why, as spiritual educators, we have to be kind, prayerful, slow, but we have to set up a premise of what we're talking about, right? Oh, God is a God of love. He would send nobody to hell. What does that even mean? Why did Jesus come? Christ come to the come to the earth? Why was the cross even necessary? See, that's diversity or appeasement without unity of salvation and the cross. So yes, I'm a sinner, but that's not the end of my story. We've been reconciled to Christ, and now we're redeemed, and we bring other people to the cross, and there's an eternal value that's placed on us. Right? Does that sound good? Are you with me? I'm just stirred up about this. I like it. Diversity. I love diversity. Right? Uniqueness, not sameness, right? Oneness, not sameness. But we do have one thing that is a non-negotiable. We believe that the Bible is true. Even the punctuation is anointed. Oh, people say, oh, there's contradictions in the Bible, right? Really? Well, let's read through the Bible and watch the pattern of God's mind through Genesis and Revelation. And let's see if you look in context, we will see that the Bible is not without, it's not with contradiction. It's certainly with controversy, but not with, uh, not with contradiction. Okay, so unity in a relationship doesn't, uh, so it means I don't only do what the person deserves, but what that person needs at the expense of my personal preference. So let's say a friend in failure, right? Does that person need a judge? Does that person need an investigator? Does that person need someone to, you know, 
tell them what they did wrong all day long. No, no, no. I want to relate to Christ and have a message that picks up the person and says, listen, agree with God, walk forward. Iso name it, isolate it, forsake it, move on. This is why the gospel is alive. It's alive. That's why the best messages are a living thought. Right? Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive. And if my gospel is not alive, then it's not the gospel. Right? All right. Isn't this good? 1 Corinthians 12, 12. One body, many members. Isn't that the, the dynamic of the church? Our, but we have diversity in expression, but we do not have diversity in foundation. This is why the world is so upside down. They don't know their right hand from the left. Why? Because they have great diversity in expression, but their core value, there's no substantial unity in it. That's why if we don't stand for something, we fall for anything. This is why we have to know our Bibles. This is why we study our Bible. This is why we have a clear message. In 1 Corinthians 14, 8, we have a certain sound. And believe you me, and we all know this, it is not a common, it is not, it is not common across the world. Everyone's speaking the same thing. But you and I have a common core. I don't even know if I want to say that. We have a, scratch that, we have a, we have a, a unified foundation, and it's Christ plus nothing. It's Christ plus nothing equals everything. So I can have diversity in expression, but not diversity in foundation. I, I know I'm speaking to the choir here. So oneness is a foundational belief, but it's not the sameness in expression. So the absolute gospel stands alone. This is why people react when you start talking about the name of Jesus. Why? Because you can say the name God and, and the Hindu or the Muslim have, has their presupposition of who God is in their life. But no, no, no. When you start saying Jesus, when you start using the Bible, when you start speaking scripture, wow, preciseness, preciseness deals with the generality. See, the devil lives in generalities, right? When you, when you and I start getting precise, it gets interesting. Why? Because now you're taking authority over the situation. Now you're taking authority over demons that people don't address in their, in their lives. And that's why Scripture, knowing Scripture, I'm not going to give you my advice. I want to give you counsel and Scripture, and not in some mechanical way, but in a living way where... There's empathy, care, and great, great love, right? Certain sound. Imagine going to battle and not having the right sound. You got one general barking one particular command, another general barking another command. It'd be, it'd be pandemonium. And this is exactly why our world is so confused. So when we initiate the gospel, they're thinking, oh, you know, of course there's many ways to heaven. It's just, you know, the Hindus have their way to God, and the Muslims have their way to God, and, the, and what, it's like, what on earth is that? That's absolute heresy and falsehood, right? And that's why there's only one name under heaven that we are saved in Acts 4.12, and there's only one way to God through his son, Jesus Christ. And people don't like that. Why? Because it's unity of foundation. <laughs> so I just want to challenge us when people get social justice on us, and we, we want to certainly be very kind and very compassionate and, and be very uh, much living and demonstrating the gospel. But 
our negotiation of foundation is not for sale. So hate me all you want. They hated Christ too. And I'm stirred up about it because uh, the Bible, we are established in grace in Hebrews 13.8. That is our core. That is our foundation. So, of course, if the foundation is strong, then the expression will be right. Right? Hebrews 13.8, we're established in the grace of God. Therefore, my actions will be gracious. Right? My language will be gracious. But if my foundation, Psalm 3.3, if the foundation be removed, what will the righteous do? That's a great question. The righteous will be in confusion. They'll be, will be too busy appeasing demons and, and, and the wickedness of man that is not able to ever be appeased. And people will be reconciled to us rather than being reconciled to God. I, you know, for me, I want you to be reconciled to God. And then you'll have be reconciled with me, right? You see, you can't do it without the other. Does that make sense? So that's my message today. Maybe this is ministering to somebody. Um, let's think about it. Romans 12, look at this. I'm, I'm, we can, we're not called to be tolerant, by the way. Tolerance is a natural willpower. We're called to be forbearing, which is being motivated by love. It's a totally different foundation. I cannot even tolerate myself for five seconds. And nor could God tolerate us for any second. But he forbears us in love. And that's why he's long-suffering. Isn't that good? That's why 1 Corinthians 13 is, is we are the recipients of 1 Corinthians 13. So society today that's lost, broken, and dysfunctional, what do we do? We have a clear message from a clear source with great compassion, with great diversity. But I'm not going to buddy up with the devil and change my message to compromise with some, with some wackadoo type of idea. But instead, we're going to, I don't know, are you, are you following this with me today? <laughs> I mean, it's like we can be very compassionate but not a doormat. You know what I'm saying? We can be very compassionate but uncompromising. And I think Jesus is the perfect example because he, he wasn't here to be diverse. He was here to rock people's world with, a, with the gospel of the kingdom that changed people's lives forever. Being sameness or uniformity or um, being universal, having this... Everyone's got to be the same way, do the same thing, say the same thing. That doesn't change anybody. That, that's like throwing somebody in jail, right? They're just in a cage, but their heart is raging. What changes somebody? The gospel, the living gospel rooted in the cross, that's what changes man to know what love is, to know what hatred is, to know what's pure, to know what evil is. Okay, Romans 12. This is why our gospel is so important. What you have been entrusted in is revolutionary. It is very important. That's why when you and I speak the gospel, it is like another language. Forgive your enemy. Wait a minute. How do I even do that? Well, the foundation of how Christ treated his enemy, he died for them. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I can't even do that without being in agreement at the cross. I can't even do that without being unified with 
what Christ says. And this is where we learn Christ. Amen? All right, Romans 12. Look at this. This is good. So don't seek diversity. That's my message. Seek unity. And your expression will be diverse. So many people are seeking so many things, but and when you talk to them, they have absolutely no message. No message. Right? Like, I'm, I'm just supposed to love. Love is love, and love is love, and love is love. Like, what is that? I can love my dog, right? Is that the same love as loving a human being? I can love my car. I can love my cappuccino. You see what I'm saying? Oh, you got to accept everybody. Who says? Of course we're going <laughs> to. Let me clarify that. At the cross, we love everybody. We don't label people. Religion sees people in their sin. Religion labels people all day long. At the cross, this is where we really love people, not just tolerate people. And that's why we don't see color. We don't see nationality. We don't see all of the differences. By the way, it's interesting in marriage. Here's a little factoid. It's not your similarities that keep you together. It's your differences. That's a little fun thing to think about. It's your differences. Because your differences drive you to God, right? Isn't that good? Because if it was the same, it'd be boring and we wouldn't need God, right? We'd be able to calculate and function on our own natural understanding. But diversities drive us, or differences drive us to God. It shows us how much we need God and what we don't have of God. So don't misunderstand my, I hope you're not misunderstanding this today. We have great flexibility, great adaptability. We relate properly because we have a foundation based in Christ. So the unbeliever who is striving for diversity and they don't have unity in Christ, we can share with them, listen, there's a way to get there, but it's through Christ. There's a way. There's a way. That's why eternal life is through none other than Christ. None other. And I'm not apologetic of that. We, we love the Muslim right into salvation. Right? We love the Hindu right into salvation. We love the liberalist, the universalist, the unitarianist, the, the progressive whateverist. And we talk about Christ and Christ crucified. And not many people might say, oh, you're, you're narrow-minded. Absolutely. And I like it. In this sense, where when you go through the cross, we have a broad place. Okay, Romans 12, we're closing. i got to close. For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. For we being many are one body in Christ, and individual members one of another. There it is. We have unity. That's why we have diversity. Okay, I have to close. Colossians 1.16, look at this. This is why our world is so, like you look at nature, it is so incredible, isn't it? I mean, snowflakes, they're not one is the same. Fingerprints, not one and the same. Eyes, not one and the same. Uniqueness, you are like none other. What is that? That's diversity. How did that happen? Because we all came from Christ. We just read it in Acts 17. Just people don't know it. That's why they're seeking to be different 
rather than to be valued in the way in the image that God made them to be. So this is one of our greatest messages, is to say you are made in the image of God. Do you know how amazing you are? Do you know how beautiful you are? Do you know how unique you are? Instead of having, you know, all this like strange clothing and strange ideas and all this like human acting out, human expression, we go deep. We say, I'm unified with God. And I say, Lord, you tell me who I am. Lord, you tell me how, how you've made me to be. And then we have amazing diversity. So instead of a mixture of views that confuse us, we have, a, we have an expression that points back to Christ every time. And that's awesome. All right. All right. This is a fun message to preach. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about diversity. I mean, really. I want to talk about let's, let's enjoy each other's differences, but from the standpoint of the cross. And if the person doesn't have the same foundation that I do, then we stay at that foundation and we minister from that foundation, the life from that foundation, and that's what's going to change that person. I'm not going to compromise and, and, and try to appease somebody based on their fleshly notions. Because you know what will happen? It'll, it'll become a mess, right? Become a mess. We bring people to the cross uh, in love and care, and then there's a transformation. Okay, Colossians 1, 16 and 17. It says this. For by him all things were created. This is the foundation that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and is invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created through him, for him. And in Revelations 4.11, so it says the same thing, that we may worship him because of it. Notice what it says here, 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Woo! So what are we saying? We are a byproduct of grace. We are a byproduct of the work of, of Jesus Christ. And this is why we can say, oh, we are very peculiar people. Oh, my goodness. We are strange to the people that are conforming themselves to the world. Oh, you got to be like this. You got to do this. You got to say this. You got to look like this. You got to, oh, of course you have to agree with this ridiculous notion. No, 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 no. That diversity is compromising with hell when we are at the cross being conformed to the image of Christ and we are expressing the diversity of heaven. Oh, it is a totally different way to live. Amen? Amen? All right, Lord, we just give that thought to you today. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.